Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how is it going? It's going well. How are you? I am excellent. It is the Monday, November 22nd episode of the Omnia um yeah Sports Podcast. It's Thanksgiving week. It is, yes. That's a good week. <laughs> yeah. Lots of great food. Take some time off with the family, hanging out, and guess what? What's up? Full slate of football. Yes. On Thursday. And Thursday, yeah. Three Every games. Thursday. Three games, right? Yeah. Who do we got for our three games this week? It's the Lions and the Bears, I believe the Cowboys and Raiders, and then it's the Bills and Saints. Let's wrap it up. Okay. That's a pretty good uh, That's a pretty good slate. You know, we get Detroit every year yep. at Thanksgiving. And, um, the Bears usually play as well. And, uh, but, uh, you know, they don't look so good. <laughs> Neither team. For the beginning bracket, yep. looks that great. But uh, these other games, let's just see here. Yeah, so Bears-Lions, that's not very good. Raiders Cowboys, I think that's actually a good game. Yeah, it'll be actually interesting uh, to watch. Cowboys continue to be in the hunt. Uh, the Raiders, I think, are trying to recover from their drama this year, but still, you know, competitive at five and five. And then we get to the night game, Bill Saints at six and four versus five and five. That's pretty good. The last game of the night is probably my the one I'm looking forward to the most out of these. Yeah, good stuff. Awesome. All right. Well, before we jump in and talk a little NFL, y- you know, there's an NBA season going on. There is, yes. there is, and it's early in its early days. Um, so we know Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks took the championship home to, uh, to Milwaukee last year. Yes. And, uh, Giannis was, uh, interviewed, um, I think by a local media outlet there in Milwaukee and he made it sound like he, he, uh, he kind of feels like maybe like his job in Milwaukee is, is done and he has other challenges and things to go accomplish and do that are perhaps elsewhere. And this was an interview in GQ. Yeah, it's, it seems like he, he might be ready to move on. Like you said, he wants to move on to the next challenge. And uh, playing and winning the championship in Milwaukee was a challenge in and of itself. They haven't won a championship in like 50 years uh, other than the one they just won last season. So it was a big mountain to climb uh, to get to there and have to beat the Suns, who are red hot this season with a 12-game winning streak at this point. But played really good basketball throughout the season. And whenever he was healthy, he really led to the uh, helped the Bucks. uh getting into a position to succeed and end up winning the whole thing. And yeah, I think it, he might just decide it, it's time to move on to another place. It was, he, he mentioned that he likes to have a, a new challenge and it might be in the city of Milwaukee. It might not be. Um, so that, that kind of leaves the door open to maybe he'll be playing for another team uh, within the next few years, whenever his contract's done, maybe that's his, uh, his venture takes him elsewhere. Um, which is, pro- uh, I mean, I don't know how likely that would be that the Bucks would let him go like that, but if he doesn't end up signing a contract extension, eventually he'll be a free agent and can uh, go as he pleases. But, I mean, the way he has really helped and transformed this Bucks team into a team that's been put on the map, a team that whenever you think of the Bucks, you think of Giannis. And there's a couple guys around that you might also think of, but most of the time you think of Giannis as the first player uh, that you know of, and it, when you look at the Bucks, I mean that it's it's insane the teams they beat. They beat the Nets all no way there. Uh, they beat a lot of teams that looked like they had chances last year and sent them all packing early and uh, were able to move keep on moving. And I think Giannis is such a good player that wherever he goes, he's going to make an impact on the team because there's pretty much no one like him in the entire NBA at this point with his height, his skill, his speed and the ability to block and make shots on both ends of the court is not really matched by anyone. Um, 
uh, of his size and of his ability to play. So I think if it's up to the Bucks to kind of keep him around, but it's interesting to think what that next chapter could be and what next challenge he wants to take on because I mean, it'd be quite the story if he's able to go from team to team and help them accomplish the main goal of going to going to a championship and help them overcome the major adversities that they have at each at each kind of spot. But for now, I mean, obviously he will be around for the Bucks for this season. That's I mean, they're already in the middle of the season, but that just kind of leaves the door open for future discussions, even after the, in the off season. And as they tick close to the end of his contract, kind of where is he going to end up? Is he going to sign again? Or uh, all of that kind of comes into question. But an interesting interview, nonetheless. Um, the fact that he even mentioned uh, that there's there's goals he wants to accomplish, and that could be one place or another, is very interesting. Uh, I have that article put on MES Sports if you guys want to read it uh, for yourselves. But uh, like I said, it's just interesting uh, for us to be able to like, kind of talk about it and look at the different details of it because that can mean a whole range of things. Um, if he wants to move on to another place, that means the Bucks can trade him for a good package if they decide that's what they want to do. Or uh, I mean, the, there's this Portland could definitely use him. There's I don't think I don't know if there's any team that wouldn't want to use him. He's like. The, I would, I mean, kind of Tom Brady of the NBA where he can go anywhere and make a difference um, and, and kind of do what he needs to do. So if he's in question and he's in play, and I think over the next couple uh, months um, and even in the offseason, they're going to get phone calls about Giannis's availability with him speaking words such as, my venture may take me elsewhere. And in the sporting world, that's not really good news for anyone that's a Milwaukee fan, but great news for anyone that's not a Milwaukee fan who could think that Giannis could be on their team or elsewhere and give uh, other teams a chance to beat the the Bucks. But, I mean, yeah, at the beginning of the season, they had that whole ring ceremony for the Bucks. Um, after, like I said, winning their first championship in, I think, like 50 years, which was a big part of his uh, contribution to the team and him making some really great plays. I'm excited to see what he's able to do uh, with this uh, Milwaukee team, see if he can bring him back to the championship. That would be great. But, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, I think it was going to be an interesting storyline that we'll have to keep following and keep checking into. Okay. All right. Well, let's shift back to the NFL a little bit. So we have a game tonight. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are taking on the New York Giants. Yes. Which is pretty exciting. That'd be a lot of fun. Should be good. Um, Giants aren't so great. (laughs) But uh, we'll at least get to check in with them and see how they're doing. And if we uh, remember correctly, the Bucs fell and tripped uh, on the trap game that was the Washington football team. Yeah. So. Uh, there, there could be something there. So let's see what happens. How do they bounce back uh, on in the spotlight? I think they're at home, um, so should be fun Monday Night Football. But um, speaking of Tom Brady's former team's quarterback, Mac Jones, um, he seems to be coming along. Um, what What do you think if San Francisco had drafted? Mac Jones, do we think at this point in the season uh, he would be challenging Garoppolo uh, for the starting role at this point? It's hard to tell because, A, uh, you have to look at – there's a lot of variables that go into a situation where you could ask the question like that of both sides of the coin. A, the coaching staff of New England has the ability to turn quarterbacks like Mac Jones, those pocket passers – guys they could put the ball at the precise spot and turn them into champions uh while i mean the 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 san francisco 49ers they've brought quarterbacks in and out in and out where they've been running guys they've been pocket passers they've been in between guys they've had a whole 
range of options come through that organization. And also, you, like I mentioned, the coaching staff is a big part of that. The, the, uh, the 49ers had a chance to draft Mac Jones, but went with Trey Lance because of some packages they wanted to put together. But that's still pretty unclear. But I think also the last thing to think about also is the the um, the pieces that the Patriots have put into place and the pieces that the 49ers have been putting into place. The 49ers have a good running back core, and we saw that against the Rams where they're able to rip apart the Rams and do what they needed to do. Passing game, they've got Ayuk, they've got um, Debo Samuel, they've got guys in the passing game that can, and Kittle obviously, uh, their tremendous tight end that they use in a variety of different ways. Doesn't really matter. And then off, and then defensively, um, they got Nick Boza. They've got guys there as well. But my question is, with the Patriots, they've got Hunter Henry, they've got uh, Bourne, they've got Stevenson in the run game. They've got players that they've surrounded uh, Mac Jones offense and defensively that are proven to have success in other teams are reliable targets are giving him opportunities and I think when you look at a situation this type of scenario I think Mac Jones is thriving as a Patriot because of the pieces and the coaching staff he has around him if he was at the 49ers I don't know how far along his development would be because he doesn't quite fit the mold of the 49ers way I mean what is a 49ers way at this point that's at the quarterback position, it's kind of unknown. They've had Kaepernick. They've had, um, they've had. Uh, right now, they've got Garoppolo. They've got guys that just kind of go in here and then go, leave, and then come back and leave. And they're like I mentioned, they've got running quarterbacks, they've got passing quarterbacks, and Garoppolo's kind of an in-between kind of hybrid guy. So, Mac Jones is a definite pocket passer that probably won't give you many yards through through the ground. So he needs guys that can, he can use and make plays. And obviously, also you have to also think about the fact that the AFC. It's not that great of a division. The NFC, like we talked about, is a tremendous, uh, tremendous team at this point. But as far as would Mac Jones leg out uh, Garoppolo for the starting job, I mean, it's possible. I think the raw talent of Mac Jones is there. That if even with the select minute amount of pieces that the 49ers have, that, that doesn't really come close with stacked up against the Patriots, he would still be able to if he um, with the coaching which I believe the coaching of the 49ers is good would be able to develop I'm not sure if it'd be as fast and if we'd be able to all, see all the splashy plays we've been able to see him make that aren't highlight I mean they're highlight real plays but they're not like a really deep ball they're just really well placed balls and that's something that you that you like about Mac Jones I think that would still be there no matter where he is because that's just how he's been trained by Nick Saban but I also think when you look at it, Belichick and Saban have such a connection that that, I think, has also helped his transition into the NFL. The connection between Belichick and Saban and how they play and how they bounce ideas off each other, that's kind of just plugging in. But I, I, I think that Garoppolo, I think, would lose to Mac Jones just based off raw talent alone of Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones would be able to impress the 49ers enough that they would say, Let me, let's give this kid a shot because he's not like a Trey Lance that's still coming along and is kind of gently cooked in college and is starting to get the oven uh, heated up on it a little more and he's starting to bake. But with Matt Jones, he dealt with a lot in Alabama. He had to be good because that's the Alabama way. With um, the 49ers, he would, I think, would have success. And I think it was a mistake not drafting him uh, if you're the 49ers and many around the league that needed a quarterback. I think he's the best quarterback uh, in that class. But I just think that he would be able to have the correct pieces um, talent, vision, um, what do you call that? Um, the ability to 
to see what the defender is going to be and then execute on that. Read defenses. Uh, do his progressions. He's, he just seems very much comfortable in the pocket and know exactly where he wants to be with the football. And I think in a lot of ways, that's he looks. He doesn't look like a rookie quarterback in a lot of ways. He looks like a two, three-year guy that's been in the league for a little while. So with that being said, yes, the different they're different kind of, in my opinion, two different teams with a bunch of different scenarios that you have to look at to fully dissect this situation. But just purely on talent of Mac Jones and purely on the talent of Jimmy Garoppolo, I think Mac Jones would like him out because coaches, we know this from watching the NFL so much, that coaches want the type of quarterback that Mac Jones is. They want young, coachable, but also very instinctual on a lot of areas that you need to be in the league. You need to have be able to put the ball in the precise area because you can't really teach that. You can't teach the ability to pinpointly accurately place a ball in that exact spot. You have that or you don't. That, that, that accuracy has to be there. And he has that. And so with that being said, I think, I, think, uh, I think Mac Jones would be able to beat Jimmy Garoppolo for that starting job. I, don't, I think based off of what we were able to see with the running game against the Rams, I think they would have success with Mac Jones or Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it was really wise by the Patriots to grab Mac Jones. He's been exactly what this team needs. We saw it in the playoffs. We saw it now. Uh, the kid, like I mentioned before, has just tremendous vision in the pocket to make the correct read, to make the correct play. And that's one of the reasons why he's had so much success as the, uh, with the Patriots. Um, and I'm excited to see what he's able to do as the playoffs continue. But the last variable, so you guys can think about this as well, is the AFC has five possible contenders for the playoffs. You got the Ravens, you've got the right now at least. So you got the Ravens, you got the Patriots, you got the Chiefs, you got the Bills, uh, and then you got the Tennessee Titans. Those are the teams that are kind of the front runners of the AFC. And yes, teams will bounce in there. Uh, the Bengals, there's teams that can also make a push, but the clear guys are kind of those that group of guys. And so if the Patriots can just distinguish themselves enough at the quarterback position then I think they're going to have success with the NFC. Most of the teams in the NFC have chances at the playoffs and beyond. So you have to look at that as well, that even if Matt Jones was in the NFC, he might not have the same success that he's having right now because think about the teams that he would have to be facing throughout a given year. And that wouldn't be all that enjoyable for because the pass rush, the defenses of the NFC teams are really good. Uh, and I think that would give him a, lot of, a little bit of a headache as well because the AFC doesn't have a whole lot of great teams and their divisions aren't nearly as stacked as the NFC like we talked about. But those are the variables. There's a lot to say here. I don't want to spend a whole a lot of time using the topics to cover, but that's my kind of the sense on the whole situation. But just basically on just ground level, raw talent, what coaches want and what we've seen, I think uh, Matt Jones is good enough that he could have legged Jimmy Garoppolo out after 11 weeks of football. Yeah. Well, what do we, uh, what do we make of the Patriots? Uh, the team that uh, Mac Jones is now is now heading. Uh, what to, I mean, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to like about this Patriots team. Yeah, they've kind of kind of been pretty surprising. I mean, surprising. Uh, I don't know. Cause I, when I first For saw. Me. Uh, when I first saw the plays that they were making in free agency, I was talking about like they got Matthew yeah. Judon, they've got um, Hunter Henry, they've got guys that they're signing, and they those guys 
were really good for their respective teams before they came over in free agency. So my thought was the Patriots team is going to be good out of the gate. Now, it wasn't that situation. It took time for them to get to this point, but this is the point I expected them to be at, a dominant team, because that's what I was hoping for. I think we talked about it before the team began. I said Mac Jones is the type of quarterback that Belichick needs. He can't execute and win with a running quarterback. Mac jo- or, uh, Cam Newton was an example of that. Now he's back at home with the Carolina Panthers and having the time of his life there, but Mac Jones is the type of quarterback that Belichick has made his living on. Literally, Tom Brady and him, that was the dynamic duo. And Mac Jones has a lot of the same characteristics and traits. But just to base off the, the on-paper stats and on-paper, uh, what they have is just really a lot of great talent, a lot of great players that I expect to execute and play extremely well. And that's what we're starting to see. So, surprise, no... Um, ready for them to kind of do this, yes. And I think just the way they played against the Falcons, locking things down, um, the running game that they have off the charts, the way that Mac Jones has been able to get more and more comfortable in the pocket and make the correct play time and time again, just the well-rounded nature of this team is just inspiring to watch. And I think it's the type of team that you could easily see making it to throw rounds into the playoffs before being either eliminated or moving on. I don't think they're going to be eliminated in round one. Uh, I don't, I think they're they're experienced, but they have some inexperience. There's there's that side, kind of that uh, friction, but it doesn't seem to be causing issues because Mac Jones is executing and sometimes playing better the defense, sometimes the defense is playing better than the offense. And we saw it when they were playing the Cowboys, they couldn't quite finish that game out, but they're playing well and they were seeing little bits, little nuggets of their good play throughout the season. And then in the last few games, uh, some of the wins that they've been having against the Jets and then against, like I said, the Falcons, we've seen what this team is actually about, and it's actually really impressive to watch last year I think was just kind of an it was an odd season in general but it was an off year for Belichick and the coaching staff um I think some people were questioning Belichick is he uh, is he the, the true the true um the true meaning of the Patriots way or is it Brady that debate I think is starting to be killed by the way he's executing and he's showing that he can win with this prototype of player um, and so I think if Mac Jones keeps the improvement that he's in right now and the defense continues what they're doing and doesn't give up because this is the type of the season, part of the season, like we mentioned, that you have to keep going. There's seven more weeks of football um, starting on Thursday, week 12. But they've got to stay on the course that they're on right now, and they're going to have success. And I think this is just the long string of events that's going to lead up to the climactic playoffs where they're actually going to make a pretty decent run, in my opinion, and from what I've been able to see. But it was just a matter of time before this team broke open wide because the talent of this team, that's not just a talent. Because we saw it throughout the season. They maybe didn't win a whole lot of games, but we started to see a little bit of that talent. It's just talent that cannot be denied. And I, it was just a matter of time before Stevenson made a, his fingerprint on the game. Mac Jones did. And the de- offense and defensive player that they put around this team. And that's exactly what we've been able to see. So I'm, I'm just really impressed with the way Belichick has put this team together. And I'm excited to see not only this season what they're able to do, but beyond this season what they're able to do. Because the chemistry is just going to build. And a well-oiled machine always takes time to build and to work on. And I've always said losses build maturity in teams. And I believe that for the Patriots, I believe that for the Bucks, I believe yeah. that for any team, losses help you succeed because if you're undefeated or you're close to undefeated going to the playoffs, that means nothing because yeah, when you get right. into the playoffs, yeah. those teams New are pruned yep. to the point where they've taken some losses and they've taken those losses yeah. hard and yeah. then they're ready to go beat yeah. you. So you have to take losses in order to get to that mountaintop and that's what the Patriots have done. Yep, I totally get it. Totally makes sense to me. I agree. Um, yesterday, we had a couple of running backs, a couple of players that scored 
over four or four or more touchdowns um, in in a single uh, single game. Um, this is only the seventh time since 1950 that we've had two players um, score four or more touchdowns in a game. Last time it was uh, in 2007. That was Randy Moss and Terrell Owens that did it. Um, this time it was Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler that did it. Uh, both of them had really impressive uh, uh, games yesterday. Oh, very impressive. I think right now with Derek Hunter being out, I think Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the league right now. The way he's able to push through blo- uh, through tacklers, make plays, put the Colts on their back, on his back, and make plays, get touchdowns, execute, and be a reliable player time and time again is just inspiring. The way he's been able to play, we saw it a little bit last season throughout this uh, throughout the season with the Colts, but they were never at their full ability. And this season, he really came out strong and really delivered that punch to teams, and he's been able to do it time and time and time again because when Derrick Henry was playing, he was second. And then he tied up Derrick Henry last week, and now he's taking him over um, with five touchdowns at a crap ton of yards. And I think it's really just impressive with this with the way he's been playing. The Colts have a really good player in Jonathan Taylor. They just need to pack, pack, uh, pack it up. Back it up with a really good offensive play from uh, Carson Wentz, Pittman, and company, and then also on the side of the ball with defense. And if they can do that, this team's going to be impressive. It's just they're super good. They're super well put together. I think Jonathan Taylor is that strong point on this team that you can point to and say he's going to be the reason that they get into the playoffs. He's going to be the reason, and he can be he have a lot of pressure on his back, and he can execute, and he can make plays, and he can win against difficult teams. Really impressive there. But Austin Eckler also had a big game for himself with this Chargers offense. And I think the Chargers offense is pretty well um, balanced. They've got Justin Herbert who can make plays. We saw that a lot against the Steelers. Mike Williams, um, Austin Eckler, and then also, um, what's his name? Oh, come on. I just traded it to you. What is the name? Uh, uh, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Yes. Um, those, those four guys are the lifeblood of this offense. And I think the way... Eckler can you can give him into open space, but he can also use it on the ground. He's, he he kind of reminds me of like a bigger bodied Christian McCaffrey kind of guy, where he can make shifty little plays, but he can also take the ball and make some really explosive runs if he needs to. And he can also catch outside the backfield. He has a kind of similar body type of Christian McCaffrey. I just think I think Jonathan Taylor is more a mow you over type back, and Austin Eckler is more let me kind of work you and make some smart plays, and also mow you over if I have to. But I think, yeah, I think like I mentioned before, Jonathan Taylor is just so special in the way he plays football, the way he, he does what he needs to do. I, I don't know if there's a better running back in the league right now that could, you could say he's better than Jonathan Taylor with the way Jonathan Taylor's been playing. When Derrick Henry comes back, that's a fun little matchup there, deciding who's actually the best. I mean, you can stack them up against each other, and it's it's kind of just a back-and-forth situation. Derrick Henry outside the out of the picture, and now... Uh, Jonathan Taylor's taken um, front stage there and just kind of showed you I could be I'm the best running back in the AFC or in both parts of, or both conferences of the NFL and they really proved that yesterday in the way he played football I just always really like watching really good players do really good plays and make really good plays for their teams and we've seen that so many times with Jonathan Taylor and I'm excited to see what he's able to do especially as they get to the latter part of the season um, if they, they might give him a rest if they're definitely going to go into the playoffs make sure he doesn't injure himself but just to beat your head against the wall type running back and if you can stop him it's going to take multiple bodies to bring him down because he's not going to go down quietly and 
hence the five touchdown game that he had last night. Yeah. Uh, and the way he's been playing is just super, uh, super well, super fantastic. And I encourage you to watch him week in and week out. If you haven't seen him research highlights on him, he's yeah. that good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so you were under the impression that Taysom Hill would be leaving New Orleans. Well, yeah, because he said if he didn't get the starting job, he'd be out. So, so he was under the impression he'd be leaving <laughs> New Orleans as well. Yes. Uh, however, doesn't seem to be the case. He just signed a four-year contract extension that could be worth anywhere from 40 to $95 million, depending on the positions, uh, the position that he plays. Um for the you know the time that he's yeah, there, so pretty surprising to you, so, obviously. Uh, surprising? Uh, no, no. I expected him to. I expected him after the after James Winston got the first snap of the football and he was still there. I'm like, okay, that was that was dumb for him to say. Yeah. Um, but I think they needed to sign him because they need to make sure he's around because right now they're losing football games. They can't seem to get any traction footing without James Winston in there. And uh, Trevor Simeon is not doing the role they need him to to win football games. They need Taysom Hill to kind of be able to be there and put him in if necessary. I'm a little surprised they haven't picked up the phone and called Philip Rivers yet and said, hey, bro, we need some help. Yeah. That seems like if he says he'd be willing to help, at least put a phone call out there and say, hey, can we get a little thing going here? Talk to you or not. Doesn't really seem like that's happening. Maybe the way to the playoffs, I don't know. But right now, you need to make sure the skidding stops happening. And I guess they think that the best way to do that is Taysom Hill. Make sure he's signed and locked in and not going to be going anywhere because he's a great gadget guy. I've said it from the beginning. He needs to not be playing quarterback. But maybe this is the exception where he should be playing quarterback. Let him make some plays and not make let such an unexperienced quarterback be leading your offense as you're trying to make a playoff push. We talked about it. I said the Saints will be fine if Trevor Simeon keeps him afloat because right now they were in a good playoff situation. Now they're losing some football games and they've got to stop this, this right here right now and make sure that doesn't keep going downhill because football seasons can be lost and won very quickly. It doesn't take much. It takes a couple losses that can turn into many losses that can turn into a, to a losing season all of a sudden if it's not handled properly. And, uh, and I think, I guess that's the way they think it's the most proper way to handle it. I wouldn't be surprised if eventually we see a quarterback shift where they put Taysom Hill in instead of Trevor and see what he's able to do and see if he can kind of patch things up. But, I mean, if in case they forgot, Phillip Rivers did say they're willing to come in. So maybe I feel like the Saints need to call him and just talk to him at least because he's the type of quarterback that can help you. He has veteran experience. They need veteran experience. They need that on their roster right now to save things because they played the Eagles and got – destroyed i think it was like 26 to 40 the defense was put on skates by uh by jalen hurts and was just being juked out of their mind so they need to make sure this is just a little bit of a bad rough spot and it will not keep happening and not keep continuing maybe putting Taysom hill in is the best option maybe not i don't know but what i do know is they need to stop this right now and it shows that something's going to happen here shortly when they are signing a guy to that big of a contract it's obvious that they're going to be putting him in in some capacity or another eventually. Otherwise, they would never have done that because football teams don't like to spend money on players that they don't want to keep for the long run or will help them in a situation where they need to. So there's obviously something behind this extra contract extension after a big loss last night. So we'll see exactly how they're going to use him and how they're going to stall him in his offense. But don't be surprised if Taysom takes over a little bit of a role in the offense and tries to they try to use him as the yeah. way to stop things. All right. Good deal. Well, this was a good talk. Thank you for hanging. Yeah, always fun. Talk a little football, a little basketball. Got to go watch this game now yes. in a bit. 
uh, listeners, thank you for riding along with us and, uh, and listening. We appreciate you so much. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please make sure that you tap or click on that subscribe button so you know when new episodes are available as soon as they are available. Yes. All right. Until next time, thanks for chilling. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Yeah. God bless. Mm-hmm.